selling with authenticity. It's building that relationship. Building about the value. Because you want to make that impact. It can make you happy. Elevate others around Welcome us. to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners, as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host Daryl Amy here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? <laughs> hey. It's so good to see you. Two shades of gray, Daryl. Love it. Absolutely. Hey, it is 2022. <laughs> we are well in motion. Welcome to the Sound from the Heart podcast. If you are new, you've joined a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, adding real value. We call it Selling from the Heart. Larry, as this is releasing, we are just coming off of the 2022 Authentic Selling Challenge and I got to say, what an incredible week uh, we had teed up there. And what a great start to this year. Five days of, of speakers. And we're best, best thing about it is you got to put it into action. And every single speaker just lay down bomb after bomb after bomb of authenticity. Just incredible. Now, you may be sitting here right now going... <laughs> Uh-oh, I missed that. The good news is we recorded all of it so you can get access to it. Just go to AuthenticSellingChallenge.com. Get access to the five days of incredible coaching that we got from our friends, Jeffrey and Jennifer Gittimer, Heather Monahan. We had Carson Hetty there. Larry, it was uh, it was incredible. And, hey, Daryl, don't forget Morgan Ingram and the one and only Scott Schilling. There you go. It's dynamite content. So if you want to get access to that, if you weren't able to come to some or all of the event, just go to AuthenticSellingChallenge.com and get access to the recordings. It's going to be incredible. Speaking of incredible, we've got a wonderful guest lined up today uh, and a very, very important conversation as we begin this new year. But as we do get started, I want to give a quick shout out to everybody in the Selling from the Heart Insiders group. This has turned into an incredible place, an incredible community of like-hearted sales professionals that gather to make each other better. It's so much fun. I just enjoy the community. And what I really like about it is the conversations that happen outside of the group. And there's one thing about building community. We've even built community inside community with the Selling from the Heart Insiders group. <laughs> That's right. So <laughs> if you're sitting there and you're going, man, I wish there were more people that believed like I do sitting inside my bullpen. Uh, you know, I wish I could surround myself with more people that, uh, that want to be authentically successful, then you need to join us. Go to sellingfromtheheart.net slash insiders. You can actually join the insiders group free for 30 days right now and come and meet people that I think are going to come some of your best friends and allies out there. Sellingfromtheheart.net slash insiders. Well, when we talk about authenticity, Larry, one of the things that's really, really critical is authenticity needs to happen at the leadership level. And why don't you introduce today's guest? Because I know the conversation we're about to have is going to be incredibly powerful for everybody listening in. No, I mean, I, I can't wait for everyone to meet Rob, Rob Jebson. But, you know, I'm a big believer that at a leadership level, if you want your sales team to sell from the heart, you have to be willing to lead 
from the heart. And I know that's going to just tie into a great conversation. I love Rob. I've loved get to know him. We're both kindred, kindred Dodger fanatics. So we, I know we're not here to talk sports. We're here to talk about authenticity and leadership. But Rob Jepson, welcome to Selling from the Heart. Larry, Daryl, thanks so much for having me, man. I'm Man, what an awesome show. What a great opportunity to be with you. Pumped for the conversation we'll have. Grateful for the for the contribution you make to the selling community. Thank you so no. much for having me. Oh, you're oh awesome. it's going to be so much fun. And as we get started, though, Rob, you know the question that every guest on the Selling from the Heart podcast answers, and that is, what does it mean to you, Rob Jepson, to sell from the heart? Yeah, I think it's a super important question. I think it's one, if you get that right, it will change your career as a salesperson. I want to start by saying, I think that as salespeople, we are the world's greatest profession and maybe the most misunderstood because most people don't get this question right that you have posed to everyone, okay? Um, I, I'm a proud member of the community because here's why. To sell from the heart, to me, means that you connect before you correct, okay? You connect with people and their challenges before you try and correct what they're doing. And I believe there's only two ways you can be valuable. And, and this is what it means to me to sell from the heart, heart. You either solve a problem someone cares about or you achieve a result someone cares about. Outside of those two things, I have never found a way that you can be meaningful, helpful, necessary as a salesperson. You can't be proud of what you do as a salesperson, but if you connect to something that they care about, whether it's a problem they need to solve or it's a result they need to achieve, now you can sell from the heart because we should be in the business of solving problems that matter. We should be in the business of achieving results that matter, not because we care about it, guys, but because the client that we're talking with cares about. And my sales process that I believe in is always about like understanding the size of the problem or the meaningfulness of the result. And it's not rare for me to sometimes say, man, why are we even talking? Because this doesn't seem like something that's worth changing. And then they say, what you don't know, Rob, is X, Y, and Z. So to me, selling from the heart is only about connecting to the things people care about. And the only way you know that is if you have a conversation where they tell you with their own mouth. You're not allowed to guess what they care about. You have to have the experience where they confide in you. They trust you. They tell you. And then you can dive into it and understand why that matters so much. And once you can go eyeball to eyeball and say, yeah, I get it. And I think I can help. That's where selling from the heart begins to me. Oh, Daryl, this is so good. Hey, by the way, Rob, are you wearing a seatbelt? Because, I mean, you're like all fired up. It's all good. <laughs> hey, you, you handcuffed my hands. I can't talk. I'm sorry. I, wanna, I just want to camp on this for just a second, Daryl, before we dive into the podcast. Because you use two words, connect and correct. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times what I see in sales is we have that reversed. We want to correct before mm-hmm. we connect. Yeah. And I, and I love how you just rolled this out, <clears throat> connect and then, and then correct. Yeah. Our, a, a mutual friend of all of us, Sherry Levinson told me this sure. in a different way. She said 90% of persuasion is the blend of empathy and competency. And most salespeople get it backwards. They lead with competency and hope that that creates empathy. And I think she's dead on when she shared that with me. You know, Sherry's awesome. And I think that's what we're talking about. You got to connect, man. There's not enough connection in the world. And there's a reason that in the absence of a relationship, people just generally don't trust salespeople. Like I do the name game when I train sales groups and I say, I say, salesperson, what do you say? And I'm training salespeople, Larry and Daryl, <laughs> and the, the, the words that come out of them are negative. They're like, oh, used car guy. Or it's like, you know, manipulator, all these different things. I'm like, wait a minute, aren't you salespeople? 
that's what you think. And they're like, yeah, but in the absence of a relationship, it's hard to trust. That's why yeah, right. connect to me. You can't sell from the heart if you don't have a connection, period. You're absolutely right. And, you know, this this whole topic of authenticity begins with connection. We say the trust formula is authentic relationship plus meaningful value. And you're right. I mean, you've got to connect before you correct. And we, we jump into these things and wonder why, you know, why we get put in these boxes. The good news, though, I, that I get so excited about is by doing this the right way, by actually connecting, by actually caring, by actually having empathy, we, we can move outside the box pretty quickly in a world full of, you know, what Larry would call empty suits, right? 100% because you're so different now. Um, yep. This authenticity is the key. Like too many people say, I just want to ask you a few questions and it's only for qualification. Qualification and connection are two different things, right? Boom. I, I, like I want to connect to a problem. I want to connect to a result. If I can connect to something that matters, I can understand what the problem is and more important i can understand why it matters what's the magnitude what happens if you solve it what happens if you don't spend some time on the problem rather than just like let me see if you're a good person for me to talk to um that's a totally different thing and you can't fake that uh larry daryl you can't do that i mean if, if you're genuine in that and you have just a a couple of of ways that you like prepare yourself to have that kind of a conversation uh, very quickly, people will appreciate it. And, you, and again, I didn't say this one. This one comes from Neil Rackham, who all of you guys have heard of and, and are familiar with. It makes how you sell more important than what you sell. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, that, that's that's as simple as that. And that's why I'm proud to be in the sales community, because if you do it right from the heart, then you will solve problems that matter. And you are a difference maker in the lives of those that you interact with. And that's how you become legendary. And that's what I think we should all chase. Oh, that's, I, that's terrific. And I think where it all starts is how sales leaders work with their sales team and they have to create the example. And, you know, the two words that are near and dear to us, Rob, in the selling from our community is how well you connect and how well you relate. And let's apply this to leadership for just a moment. And, you know, let's just think about this as how well are you as a leader connecting and relating to your sales team? And I think this is mission critical that sales leaders get this right if they want their salespeople to go out into the business world and connect and relate with their clients and future clients. It's 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 maybe the biggest thing. Right? You know, Larry, Daryl, here's an interesting thing to, just to think about and your audience could think about. The companies that they all work for have spent millions and millions of dollars probably on sales training, sales tools, uh, sales tech. But those same companies have done nothing for sales leadership, training, sales leadership process, sales leadership, any of those things. You know, on the one side with the reps, we say, we got you. We're going to help you. On the leadership side, we say, figure it out. And so the tenure of a sales leader is shrinking each month. Lots have mm -hmm. been written about that. Uh, but I think the reason is sales leaders often just do what was done to them. That's what I mm -hmm. think has happened. And, um, and we often have said... It's just so different. My favorite example of this is Picasso, the artist. You guys are familiar with sure. Picasso. He was, turns out he was known to be kind of a jerk. And someone was, <laughs> was interviewing him and asked him, hey, how do you paint? And he looked at him like they were an idiot. It was like, I don't know. I just paint. Like, either you have the talent or you don't. I just do it. It was like really abrupt and curt and short with him. Mm -hmm. I've never forgotten that because Picasso would have been a really crappy leader because Picasso to be a great leader needs to not just paint. He needs to turn it into a paint by numbers. Okay. Mm -hmm. We got to turn it into a paint by numbers. Red goes here. Blue goes here. Yellow goes here. 
And the great leaders use the same skills, Daryl and Larry, that the great salespeople do. They just use them differently. When I said to sell from the heart, we have to connect to problems they care about or results that they care about. Well, leaders need to do the same thing. We got to connect to the problems that a rep cares about or the results that a rep cares about and then help them get there. Just like you help a prospect or a client get there, help the leader get there. And our job is to turn that problem into a paint by numbers. I believe there's three things that leads people to transform and most leaders don't do it. And, and it starts with, you got to understand, you have to be intentional. Tell me this, and, I'll, and then I'll shut up. You guys, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll ramble like crazy. I'm passionate about this. <laughs> I don't know very many people that grew up wanting to be in sales. I don't know very many, okay? That's changing a little. We have some awesome universities out there that are having uh, sales programs. But man, for me, I was going to be the first baseman for the Dodgers. I was, uh, was going to be the next Steve Garvey. And um, that didn't work out for me. And I ended up with a marketing degree, having been accepted to law school, and I've decided to do sales almost on accident. So here's what I would say. Okay? Yeah, okay. Oh, man. Yeah. Share my story. Hey, there's some oh, familiar. Except for the Dodgers <laughs> thing. I was no, dude. We've got to win you over to the to Dodger blue. No, not where Daryl's from. That <laughs> Sorry, so I digress. No, 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 no. It's fine. Here's my point. I believe most of us are accidentally involved. That's what I think. I think we're mostly accidentally involved. But we got to be intentionally successful. And if we can be intentionally successful, then we can help others be intentionally successful. And that's that lens that I like to look through. And, and I had one of my very favorite sales leaders just a couple of weeks ago tell me, Rob, I'm really nervous about being a sales leader. I, I coach a lot of sales leaders now. That's what I do. And um, I said, why? He said, I never had that difference maker in my life mm. that helped me. And so I actually took it to LinkedIn. I did a poll on it and I took it to my customers and I, and I talked to them. And I find that most sales leaders tell me in retrospect, I didn't have that leader that was a difference maker. There's about 25, maybe 30% of the time that I see that it's happened. But most of the time they're like, I just had to figure it out. And so if you can be that kind of leader that says, I'm going to be a difference maker. I believe that the role of a leader is to create life-changing years for the people they lead. That's what I think the role of a leader is. It's create life-changing years for the people you lead. Create an environment where the motivated can succeed. Not to motivate them, but create an environment where the motivated can succeed. That's when you start to have this impact where you can like help people do more or do it faster than if they'd ever been left on their own. So I'll shut up, but that's what I think. Leadership's so critical right now. And um, yeah, just footnote, by the way, I was the accidental sales rep who's going to go to law school. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Found myself making more money a couple of years into sales. Then I was like, I'm going to stick around. This is pretty awesome. Yes, sir. But, but this is, you know, to be successful in sales and certainly as a sales leader is anything but accidental, right? This is where you find, you may have found yourself here by accident, but you're not going to succeed by accident. And this is uh, this is especially true for leaders. Um, when you think about, and we're sitting here at the beginning of of a brand new year as this is being released, uh, and a lot of people are thinking about personal development. And of course, salespeople, you know, we want to think about a personal development plan for each of ourselves. If as a sales leader, what do you think a sales leader should be thinking in terms of their own personal development plan for 2022? Really good question. For the personal development plan for a sales leader, uh, the first thing that I would say is I want to get good in the people development business. That's what I have to get good at is I think our role as a leader 
it, it's real simple. It's we have to help people improve. But let's go back. Whenever I start working with a group, I always start with role because role is what drives how you spend time and what tools you use. Fair to say? Yep. Sure. So when I ask what's the role of a rep, it's easy. Their job is to produce. So I can help them do that. But when I ask a leader, what's your role? I get tons of answers, Daryl, tons mm -hmm. of answers. Mm -hmm. And the simple answer, it's, it's to reproduce. And I try and do it kind of jokingly. I want you to reproduce with your salespeople and they always laugh, right? <laughs> what I'm saying is I want you to reproduce skills and I want you to reproduce leaders. And so a rep has an outcome oriented role. I mm -hmm. believe a leader has a growth and improvement related role. And if we can accept that, then we should say, okay, what are the high value activities and skills that support that? People development. There's, there's only three places that sales leaders interact with their reps. Number one is helping them win deals. There's a difference between winning it for them and coaching them on how to do it. Don't, yep. be a, don't be a crutch, be a coach. Number two is that whole people development deal. Are, do you have a coaching process? Everybody has a sales process. I find very few people that have a coaching process. Those that do, they outperform by orders of magnitude, Daryl, Larry. Okay. So I would build a coaching process. And it can't be just, just like you don't say to a prospect as a salesperson, I'm just checking in. Hmm. You don't just check in. Think about your favorite basketball coach. When they call timeout in the game, they don't look at the team and say, just checking in. How are you feeling out there? Okay? <laughs> they don't do that. Okay. They, they don't say, hey, guys, if you need me, you know where to find me over here on the sidelines. Those right. basketball coaches call timeout intentionally. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. they are in the growth and improvement business. Mm -hmm. That coach can't go out on the floor and say, yeah, I was an All-American or I was an NBA All-Star. I'm going to make the next shot. Coach can't put themselves in the game. They got to be on the sidelines and get the others to perform on the field. That's, that's an area, if you're a sales leader, you got to get that figured out. Don't feel like you can put yourself on the floor. That, when I ask them, you know, I, I ask them who their favorite basketball team is. Okay. Did your coach play? Yeah, they did play. Uh, how often do you see them put themselves in to get that big rebound or take that last shot? And then they laugh like you guys did. I'm like, but you just did that last week. You just tried to do that. And they're like, dang. Right? <laughs> yeah. The, the last place is most sales meetings suck. And yeah. uh, the lens that I would tell you is start having better meetings that people would buy a ticket to attend. Those are three places. Opportunities, winning opportunities, individual growth. And then you do have these sales meetings. And most of the time they're just, they're not very, they don't help people improve. And if you're going to be a leader, I'd get good at those three things next year. It, it, it just, it reminds me of a couple of eyes, Daryl, it's influence and impact. And it's what influence and what impact are you having on your sales team. And, and here's what would be interesting. This would just be, I'm just throwing this out just for pure conversation. Cause I think it, I, I would love to know the answers. You ever ask, a, I wonder what would happen if you asked a group of salespeople, how would they define a sales leader and what would that look like? What do you think? What do you think would be said, Rob? I'm just curious. That's a really good question. You're seeing me pause for a second, which is very <laughs> good, Larry. That's hard to do sometimes. Um, uh, let me start with some data, and then let's, let's see where we. Uh, maybe the three of us can um, can kind of go down the white. See where the white rabbit goes. Geez, a matrix term, okay? Um, <laughs> Daryl, I like you. Yeah, I know okay. we're getting along really well. <laughs> um, Study was done a couple years ago, so it's two years old. It's still close enough that I think it's relevant. 83% uh, of sales managers were asked, uh, sales managers were asked, worldwide study, how good are you at coaching and people development? Hmm. And 83% self-identified as awesome. I'm really good at it. I got it on lock. Okay. We asked the same, the reps that worked for these same leaders. Ooh. 
how good are the one-on-ones you receive? Any guesses what the answer was? Are you talking percentage-wise, Rob? Yeah, percentage-wise. So 83% uh, of the leaders said they're good. What percentage of the reps said that what they got was helpful? Um, I'm probably – w- It's got to be pretty <laughs> low. So I'm just going to say less than 15%. You're dead on. It was 17%. You're wow. 17%. Okay? Wow. Brutal. So I look at that. Then I'm going to take some other data. Um, <laughs> so, so that says there's a massive gap. That says what leaders think is coaching – and what reps think is coaching is two different things. That's a show all in and of itself. Okay? Yeah. And um, I have some insight, some thoughts around what that gap is. But Keith Rosen, I don't know if you don't know Keith. I love Keith. I, I think he's one of the greatest coaching minds there is. He shared with me that 74% of companies have changed how they buy post-COVID. But only 13% of companies have changed how they sell post-COVID. Mm-hmm. And only 5% of companies have changed how they lead post-COVID. Uh, I trust Keith. I I don't know where his numbers come from. I just know Keith really well. So I feel comfortable Mm -hmm. sharing that. Uh Um, So what does a rep think? Okay. I think a rep needs to feel like they're, they're getting better. Someone's helping them get better. I don't think they want to be managed. I don't think that they want to be their worth be managed to where do you fall on the leaderboard? Uh, I call that spreadsheet management. I I don't think that people want that because that's not leading from the heart. I think what leaders want is people that connect to what their aspirations are. They want to say, this person gets me. and This person is helping me get somewhere faster than if I was left on my own. I think that's what they want is someone that will accelerate their growth. I think that's how they're choosing leaders right now. And they don't, I mean, I don't know about you. I never, I can't think of a time I ever woke up wanting to be managed. Um, But I did want people in my corner. It's different to have someone in your circle than it is to have someone in your corner. They want leaders that are in their corner that have their back and are helping them grow faster than they're left on their own. It's a long answer to the question. That's what I think it is, Larry. Good I'm having so many. Uh, when you, <laughs> Dude, you your wheels gap, are turning. I can see your eyes. I have, I I'm, no, I'm having flashbacks right now. I may need some therapy at the end of this. But, you know, I mean, like oh, one of my first sales leaders, uh, I was coached when I became a sales manager that. You want all of your salespeople to be heavily in debt so they're motivated to sell. <laughs> yeah, story, I heard the right? same thing. Like the practices <laughs> out there are just horrible. Um, but I think it's just a- like a salesperson manipulating a prospect. That's a leader right. manipulating yeah. it. It's it's yes. not selling or leading from the heart. Yes. Yeah. And I think that right there is exactly um, you know, if that's the way you sold, and maybe that's the way you manage, right? Yeah. And this is where Well, a lot of us, you know, in the Selling from the Heart community are going through this transformation, if you will. They're unlearning a lot of things. You know, I I think uh, the older I get, the the more I realize that I don't need to learn things. I need to unlearn a lot of Mm, things. Um, We've got a lot of things that we need to unlearn. You said earlier that people manage the way they were managed. And let's just be honest. most of us were not managed very well. I mean, you have to stretch to, I have to stretch to think of good sales leaders. Um, And quite frankly, I can only think of one in my entire um, sales career. And so that's one more than I have. (laughs) (laughs) I told you my informal study, I took it to LinkedIn and I took it to my clients. It's like 70% of the time they had none. And so you're lucky you had one Daryl. Well, that's good. I'm I'm really thankful. Shout out to Carrie Butler. And I want to um I want to say though, you know, the reality is if if most sales leaders come into leadership, obviously because we could sell well, 
Um, and you know, the reality though, is if you, if you were selling by manipulative tactics and you're going to lead by that same, same way. So this is, this is the wake up call to go, okay, what does it mean to lead from the heart? How can I take the same type of philosophies and, and mindset that we've been talking about here on the selling from the heart podcast for years now and apply those to my salespeople? And truly, truly care about them as human beings. And I love what you're saying is connect before you correct. And most sales leaders I've had, correct, correct, correct. Wow. And I, you know, it's it's like you don't hit your number, you're dead to me. Um, you know, that type of thing. Um, the reality here is there's a there's an op as much as there's a personal development plan uh, that I think we all need to grow as leaders. There is a um, there's a gut check moment that I think we need to have on a regular heart check moment that we need to have on a regular basis. Daryl, Larry, I got what you just said stimulated a thought that I really want to share for your listeners. This will be really good for your leaders that are listening. As I work with leadership teams, again, I I, I work with high performing leadership teams all around the world. Okay. In, in every different industry, it's tech and it's finance and it's manufacturing, and it's industrial. I work with all of them. I have found that the elite sales leadership teams have two things in abundance that the average ones don't have. Okay. The first one is trust. The second one is results. And you can't have one without the other. Yeah. You can't have tons of trust and no results or else you're going to get fired. And you can't have tons of results and no trust or else people will quit on you. And then you're going to get fired. Okay. And um, three C's of trust, three things that create results might be a good thing to leave them with. Trust yeah. is three C's. It's your character. I don't need to talk about that because either you have it or you don't. Mm -hmm. It's your competency. That means can you do the job that you're actually trying to help them do? And the last one is your connection. Do I believe that the leader has my best interests in mind? Those yeah. three things are the three C's of trust. Character, competency, connection. That's what built through experiences. Create experiences that demonstrate your character, demonstrate your competency, and build connection. Okay? The three ways that you'll get results. Number one, they need clarity, clarity of what's expected, but more important, clarity on the step-by-step -step process that will help them get there. We want to create well-lit pathways for success in this mist of fog, okay? Mm. Number two, we need empowerment. A lot of people talk about accountability. I talk about empowerment. You know, we want to make it very clear what's expected and how to get there, but we want to have empowerment. We want to understand what's your plan, what's your ambition, and then we want to create commitments that will help us get there. And then the third one is you need elite levels of support. What I mean by that is the standard level support is, hey, Larry, if you need anything, you know where to find me. Hey, Larry, I'll yeah. catch you next time in our next one-on-one. -on -one. If you got any questions between now and then, doors always open. That's average levels of support. You know, there's three of them. It's done for you, which you don't want to do. It's it's done. It's do it yourself, which you don't want to do. You want it done with you. That's what the elite level support done with you. We're in a journey together. I'm your Sherpa that's going to help you get there. You're going to summit that Mount Everest, Mount Everest, but I'm going to be that Sherpa that helps you get there. If you have those two things, trust and results, three C's of trust, three elements of results, I have seen it every time. That's when the elite leaders shine. Beautiful. You know, this, this is so golden. It just, you, as I was listening to what you were saying, and I, I would encourage all the sales professionals out there that are listening, this would be a good opportunity to rewind this play it back again and double down on the note taking. Cause there's, there's a lot of nuggets you drop Rob and all of us have been on podcasts, you know, 
over over the course of this past year. And I'm always asked this question, you know, what would you what what can, what would you have done differently in your career if you look back on it? And I say mm-hmm. the same thing all the time. I wish I would have had somebody who would have been my coach as opposed to my manager. And I didn't learn anything about coaching or hiring a coach till the latter parts of my career. So, you know, Daryl's a great coach. Rob, you're a great coach. We're all, you know, people who listen to the Selling from the Heart podcast and are part of our community, they are high achievers. But if you're not seeing that inside your team, it's up to you. It's us as individuals. Go find that coach to help you become better. That'd be my encouragement as you listen to this podcast. Great advice, Larry. The top performers in whatever it is, baseball, music, art, sales, whatever, they invest in coaches. And that, I love that you said that. That's my answer every time. I would have learned to take charge yeah. of my career yes. and I would have yeah. found coaches. Yeah, I didn't do that later. I, I won't even talk about how much I spent on coaches now because it's the best money I ever spend. Absolutely. Well, Rob, what a gift. Thank you so much for investing in us today. And uh, we'll put your connect contact information in the show notes. You'll Everyone will want to connect with Rob. And uh, you've, you're a true um, selling from the heart friend. And uh, Rob, we just thank you for, for investing in us today. And we wish you an incredible 2022 as you continue to spread the word. Daryl, Larry, thanks to both of you. Again, thanks for what you do for our sales community. It, it's a big thing you do. And to all of your listeners, go make 2022 the best year of your career because you're in charge and you can do it. Oh, I love that's it. good stuff. I love it. Thank you, Rob. Well, Larry, uh, what a, a powerful uh, and important conversation. I think this is a really critical conversation right now. It, it really struck me that research between, oh, yeah, I'm a great coach and salespeople going, well, you maybe not. You know, this is a time where as sales leaders, um, we need to invest. And in, um, and this is true for every single person, whether you're a sales leader, whether you're a sales professional, that may actually end up being a leader someday. These principles are the same in terms of making the investment in, in becoming better at what you do. And some sales professionals out there, it's cool. Leaders have coaches. Sales professionals have yep. coaches. Larry, you and I have coaches. This is, uh, you know, in high performance arenas, you get a coach or coaches. And uh, I think that if there is one thing that uh, every listener, whether you're a sales professional or a sales leader could do in 2022 to take things to the next level is do what we all wish we'd done earlier in our career. And that is get, get coaches. And if you're that leader, it's time to really become a great coach. So eight out of 10, nine out of 10, 10 <laughs> out of 10 of your team members would go, yeah, this person made a difference in my career. So good. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I look back on my career as we wrap this up is, you know, you had the, the number one that came up as in our conversation with Rob, unfortunately I didn't have one. I had a lot of sales managers. Sometimes I'd say a lot of dysfunctional sales mm-hmm. managers. So, you know, Sales professionals out there, I'd encourage you, just double down, just double down on yourself. If you find yourself in an environment with a sales manager, invest in a coach, find somebody to help you lead yourself better, lead up on your team and watch what, watch what starts to happen. So fantastic. Well, hey, if you want to find a group of like-hearted sales professionals and sales leaders, we've got a ton of sales leaders inside the Selling from the Heart Insiders group. And this is a group of people that share these values uh, that we're talking about today that want to become better. 
And uh, as our coach, Dave Sanderson says, proximity is power. So get close to other like-hearted people and you're going to find uh, a new level of power and effectiveness that you didn't have before. So just go to sellingfromtheheart.net slash insiders or click the link in the show notes below and you can actually come hang out with us for 30 days. Absolutely free. Give it a try. I think you're really going to appreciate it. Larry, I'm excited about this year. I'm excited about all that we have ahead. We've got an incredible roster of guests. and We're going to have some exciting new things to announce uh, for our sales professionals and sales leaders here in the months to come. So stay tuned. And uh, one thing is, is for sure, Larry, everyone out there has our commitment that we're going to continue to invest in helping people develop authentic success this year. And uh, I'm so excited about all that's ahead. Now the movement's growing. Let's just keep it going. That's right. So <laughs> till next time, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value, invest in a coach, and most of all, sell from the heart. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.